0: dedicated team members who all do it for one reason. You. That's why your safety and well-being are so important to us. Let's go through some in-flight instructions so we can get you safely on your way.
1: And now, after a 2.25 wake-up call, a trip to the airport in Nashville, a quick flight to Chicago, and now A two-hour flight to South Dakota. Here we are in South Dakota. One man said that this is probably the smallest airport we will see for my particular trip, anyway. It's a nice place. Very, very flat. You can see some big hills in the distance, the black hills, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. Mostly on day, but day. Here we are. What you boys talking about? Oh, well that's that's a definitely a worthy topic of discussion. <laughs> yeah. I love this one. It
2: feels awesome. Stay
3: like this all week. perfect.
1: Yeah, it feels great.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: If you didn't happen to catch the audio journal, this is one way of it. Yep. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get started on it. Yeah. You're gonna have to keep reminding me. that. Hey, um, uh, it's all on you. So. (laughs) it's kind of like. You do it your way. That's that's the way I said it. So. Kind of. Man. Yeah. Gatlinburg is like an hour long drive. Signing off for now. Fairly well.
4: Director, and also assistant girls basketball coach for 25 oh, years and head golf coach for 29 years and I've been driving for this company for 17 years so anyways <clears throat> there's a restroom in the back there's a garbage can in the back garbage can up here if you are going to travel grab the bed just to, stir to yourself In the case of emergency exits, the big windows on either side, lift the gray flap up beside you, push the window out. Upper hatches, turn to exit, push straight up. Alright? If you're too hot, let me know. Too cold, let me know. Just let me know. Any questions? We will have a written test. How <laughs> I many are still in high school? graduated. Okay. How I many are going into college or at college? Nice. Good. I drove this group how many years ago, Mark? Two years ago. Well, there's one guy on here that was on the last trip. And he went from here to here. He grew. But I recognized him. Good. Where are we off you, boss? <laughs> right. Well, it'll be a fun, fun
5: week. It'll be a fun week. Here's the Alright, everybody. Uh, we're going to number you all. And so the number you say, that's your number for the week. That makes sense? So every time we get on the bus, or we're trying to get everyone together. That number is gonna help us know that who we have. So like I'll be one and then the hearts will be two, three, and then DJ Hill and his wife will be four or five. So we're gonna start off on six. And what's gonna help us out? We're just gonna start, you know, you'll be seven, eight, nine. Just say your number loud and then we'll just keep moving around. Just remember your number for the whole week. That makes sense? That will help us to quickly make sure that every- so, in, in theory, right now we should have 5 plus 39. We should be 44. By the time it gets to the very back of the bus, the last person should be number 44. All right? All right. Everyone ready? Yeah. All right, so you go ahead and shout out seven, and then let's work our way back and forth.
4: For a month. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it. I lived with some that were like, whoa. Crazy. Some that I, you know, I mean, they were heavier bags than, than some of the trips I do for 16 days. Wow. Y'all remember your number? Yeah. Do you need to practice?
3: Seven?
1: Already. Be no, for real. Okay. I can't hear anything. Speak up for the people in the back. Twenty. Twenty-one. Twenty-two. Twenty-three. Twenty-four.
6: Twenty-five.
1: Twenty-six. Twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. Twenty-nine. Thirty. Thirty-one.
6: Thirty-two. Thirty-three. Thirty-four. Thirty-five.
1: Thirty-six. Thirty-seven. Thirty-eight. Thirty-nine. Forty.
6: Forty-one. Forty-two. Forty-three.
4: Forty-four.
2: Last what? <laughs>
5: because we didn't sleep at all that's all I'm <laughs> no, like mentally I'm about to fall asleep myself um, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and head out here in just a moment we got a, a bunch of door hangers here um, and so basically anyone not done a door hanger before everybody's done something like this before I don't want to take it for granted. It's not a shame thing. Like we're not going to point at you up like, oh, you've never done outreach in your life. It's not like that at all. Um, so basically, uh, just make sure you cannot put this inside of a mailbox. That would be illegal. Okay, if you didn't know that, anything inside of a mailbox is federal pro- uh, federal government property. These postage stamps, but you can hang stuff on people's houses. We have had right? people do that before. a so nice, convenient little rubber band. You just hang that bad boy right on there, and then you're good. All right. And then uh, if for some reason there's nothing to hang it on, you know, just kind of maybe like do a little roll shimmy thing and just kind of slide it into the door. Wait. But we're not asking you to knock and pound on the door. Um, and if you want to, I guess you could, but don't. It is the simple thing to do is just hang it, all right? So it's very low pressure, it's uh, very easy to do. But here's what I'd ask of you as we go out there and do it, pray. Just pray as you go, as much as you want to talk, and uh, visit and tell people about your favorite puppy or whatever it is. The best thing you could do is just be stepping into that region, into that neighborhood, and just say, In Jesus' name, God, we pray that this person sees this invitation. God, move upon their heart, draw interest. Uh, that they, I don't know what all the information is on here. Pray that they check out the website. Website's on here. Pray that they come to the event that's on here July 1st. They have Evangelists, the Pedagogues coming out here, Tim and Dean of Great people. And so, in Jesus' name, God willing for us uh, simply going out in this community, in this area, there's going to be interest, and they're going to come here that Sunday, and God's going to do a great thing. And so, uh, just praise you, go. Anything that comes to your mind as you're praying over that neighborhood, God, pray for this neighborhood, pray for this church. Uh, Pastor Patterson's in the back. We love the Pattersons. And so, be praying for them. Pray for him and his wife and their family, this congregation. Anything you can think of. You know, prayers and not. It's not a waste of our time, it's an investment of our time, and prayers never
7: die. So
1: we just finished handing out a few flyers in the midst of a downpour. And I'm not meaning like a Holy Ghost downpour, I mean the actual rain, the physical rain, the type that comes from clouds. So we are going to see if the other neighborhood that we are going to be handing out flyers in is a little less uh, drenched. uh, So that maybe we can get the Holy Ghost drenching instead of the, uh, instead of just the physical drenching. So heading that direction now. It's
4: just
5: just hanging out. So we're gonna go further down and hit another neighborhood. So we'll get everyone to regroup here and then we'll do that. So um, sorry. I don't I, I don't have control of the weather while like that We should have just went
1: ahead and done it. Jeez, uh, Jesus walked on water. <laughs> sure he got a little wet. You can walk underwater.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh man. <laughs>
0: Fire.
3: Huh?
1: He did. I'm sure he got splashed a couple times. I'm Isaac Vire from Tennessee. Uh, I'm going on this trip,
2: I guess, to minister to people. Awesome. <laughs> I'm David Walker. I'm from Kingsport, Tennessee. And I'm here to grow spiritually and minister people. Awesome, Gage. Glad you're here. My name is Garrison Conkle, and I'm from Dallas, Texas. And one reason I came on this trip was just to serve. Awesome. You're going to get a chance to do that, Garrison, for sure. Uh, I'm Wynn, I'm from Connecticut, and one reason I came was to serve. I'm, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I'm so. Jake <laughs> I'm from Kentucky and come on this trip because I just felt like God wanted me to.
2: <laughs> Amen. That's a good reason. That's a really good reason. Uh, my name is Lillian
3: Chandler, I'm from Warsaw, Indiana, and I came on this trip because I want to learn more about North American Revolution.
2: Amen. <laughs>
4: um, I'm Eric Coe. I'm from, well, I
6: guess Woodbridge, Virginia. Um, and I came because I wanted to serve Boston just to grow and my office That's awesome. I'm Charity I'm from Southern Illinois.
3: Um, I came to like, grow uh, my
2: That's awesome, Charity. I'm Gracie Brownlee. I'm from Central Illinois, and I came to like get out. Of the All right, huh. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get you out of your comfort zone. You shouldn't have said <laughs> Just kidding, Greasy. All right, next up. I'm Layla
3: Phelps. I'm from Independence, Louisiana. One reason I came here is because I have a burden for the souls. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm William Sutherland, and I'm from Independence, Louisiana. And I had a dream about South Dakota, and I
0: got to buy it invited
2: Where are you from? I'm from Gainesville, of Florida. And um, one of the main reasons I came here was to just get a few missions and where I want to be. That's fantastic.
4: I'm Daniel. I'm from Tennessee. I came because I felt like this was where I needed to be. Good stuff. All right. All
2: right. We'll come back here up to the front. via from Dallas, Texas, and prayer me here. Awesome, oh, Um,
0: I'm Maria, and I'm from Texas. Um, uh, I know I shared this before, but I came on behalf of Nam. They sponsored my ship, my uh, my AYC trip, and I'm so thankful to them. And so um, I feel like
6: if if that happened, it was for a reason and God called me here. Amen. That's so good. I'm Taylor. I'm from Houston, Texas, and King.
1: That's a great reason. I love it. That's good. Good stuff. I'm McKenzie. I'm from Texas. I
2: came here to serve and change lives. Amen. I believe that's going to happen. My name is Jayden Long. I'm from Western Kentucky.
3: To help serve and to get out comfort zone too.
2: Yes, alright. I'm so excited to hear
3: that. Um, I'm Abby Slope, and I'm from Kentucky and I came because I'm a burner for lawsuits. Amen. That's awesome. I'm Riley. I'm from Connecticut and I came so I could experience
2: Connecticut. I'm Sydney. I'm technically from Massachusetts, but I go to church in Connecticut and I came because I felt called. I have a lot of great stories about sitting with people once. From my youth here. just kidding. Sorry,
4: city. I'm
3: Rills. I'm from Wasau, Wisconsin. That's right in the middle of the state, and I came to get out of my comfort zone. And because I'm from a really
0: small church with a really small youth group, and for the longest time we just stayed in the church, and outreach is not really a thing. Mm. Now our new pastor came a year ago, and it has been a huge thing within. So it's
6: something
2: that awesome. I believe you're going to learn a lot about outreach. experience a lot of things to take back to your church
6: um, I'm Jessica from Mississippi
3: and I felt like God was calling me to go on this trip just to help make a difference and to grow my walk with him
1: Amen,
4: that's awesome
0: I'm Elizabeth Disney and I'm from Martinsville, Indiana and I came here because I wanted to do God's will Amen I'm Brad from Washington I came here because I feel like there's a
1: need Living
6: fantastic. I'm Melania
3: Williams. I'm from Powell, Mississippi, and I came to start. I'm Darren, I'm from Mississippi, and I came to get out of my conference zone to go to All right, we're going
4: to push you right out of
0: it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Sheila Ross, and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and I just, for myself, have such a big word in permission and such, and just was praying about the trips this year and felt the college to come to South Dakota. That's awesome. awesome. I'm Jel Piercy. I'm from Hollow,
3: Tennessee. And I came to branch out
0: and kind of see what God wants in my life. That's fantastic. <laughs>
6: my name is Alyssa and I'm from Alabama and I came to reach the people and also just like get a feel of what missions is like because that's like I'm calling the missions still, so just to get a feel of
2: it. That's awesome. I believe God's gonna let you get a vision.
6: Technically, my name is Elizabeth. Please don't call me that. I'm Beth. I'm from Pennsylvania, and I came to stretch and
4: serve.
3: Amen. My name is Maya, Maya, and I'm from Pennsylvania, and I came here because I felt like that's what God wanted me to be. Amen. That's
4: awesome.
3: I'm Sophia. I'm from Ohio, and I'm here to get more experience in the missions field. Amen.
4: Um, I'm Elizabeth. I'm also from Ohio, and I came because I
2: feel a call to the North American missions, the Church. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm Hala, um I'm from uh, East Road, Tennessee.
3: Sorry, was in my voice from Kansas. So, okay, we uh, uh, it's a little early <laughs> in the trip. <laughs> 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 and I came on the trip because I'm interested in the and North American missions. Amen.
2: Uh, I'm Haley. I'm from East Ohio, and I just go called to missions. Amen. Awesome. Wow. A lot of amazing people on this trip, uh, a lot of, I don't know, you only have five seconds to share. For some of you, it was, that was like way too little. For some of you, that was like way too much. Um, and that's cool. We're all different, and God's going to use each one of you this week in a dynamic way, uh, no matter your personality, whether you're introverted, extroverted, whether you have experience with this type of stuff, or you don't. If you will let God use you, he will. He will. Amen.
5: One thing that's very unique about the trip you're on, it is more like somewhat of an overseas missions trip where you are going across the territory. You're not just parked in one town doing one thing, which that is very important. I just say that's what, it's very different on this trip than if you've been on other trips. We're going across the state. Uh, We did this two years ago. Uh, We did it last year with another group and we did it four years ago with another group. So this is something we've done multiple times and uh, I, it's always been a blessing for South Dakota. But I, my prayer is that it's a blessing for you guys as well. But just some some history. I've been here for seventeen years. My wife and I came out here when we were twenty-two years old to start a church, and so um, I'm old and crunchy now, thirty-nine. Um, we, uh, when we came here, there was eight churches. Then it went down to seven churches. Then it went down to six churches. The district went through some very difficult times. Um, so this district is the smallest district of the United Pentecostal Church in the So you are in a unique demographic. It's a very under church area. There's need for uh, new works. So that's part of what you're a part of. In fact, the last AYC trip was part of launching a new work two years ago. And that new work is still in existence today. And just the other Sunday, they had 50 people. in mm-hmm. yeah. so on the, on the tail end of this trip, you're going to be a part of what we're a part of. You'll get to see Watertown, the church we planned 17 years ago. We've transitioned recently from there to start new works. And we're doing something called Next Town Ministries. We're kind of doing like a circuit rider preacher concept, trying to go into new towns and try to see where is it God wants us to start something new. So we're in three towns right now, and it's all grassroots level, and you're helping us get the word out about one of those towns where we just were given a church building, and we're going to try to launch and have a church service there uh, this weekend. And so excited about that. Uh, Another perspective tomorrow when we travel from here to the next church in Pierre. Those were the two closest churches of fellowship, which will be three and a half hours apart. Just to give you an idea of what it's like to live in South Dakota, okay? And so you're you're here to help us close the gap that it takes for people to find truth. And so I wanna say thank you for doing that. Uh, I believe this is gonna be a worthwhile effort uh, on your behalf and your sacrifice You came here. You'll get what you put into it. All of you, I don't know what your budget was officially, But think about that budget and be like, you know what? I want to get every penny worth out of it. You can get every penny worth out of it if you want. Um, But if you're wanting, like, you know, like this royal treatment, not to shine your shoes and everything be perfect for you, then you're probably going to have a miserable time. But if you want to see what it's like to live in South Dakota for a week and see what we live in for 17 years, well, you're going to get that experience. Um, But I'm very thankful that you guys are here. And my prayer is as I listen to each of you kind of share some of the reason why you're here, that you're going to leave here with an answer to your prayer. That God helped you get a burden. That God exposed you to outreach. That God helped you understand the pulse of North American missions. Each day, uh, I'll kind of walk through some of our story, my wife and I, uh, about South Dakota. There's a lot to it. Um, But I, I just want you to understand that I am legitimately no different than you at all. Um, I'm just simply somebody that got a burden and just practiced simple obedience and did what God was working on my heart to do. And in that obedience and learning along the way, uh, because I'm still learning as I go, but um, God has worked me over to help me to to persevere through some of the darkest times in my life. Because I promise you, South Dakota is one of the darkest places you can live. It's very remote. It's very isolated. It's very depressing. Um, I know that's very exciting to talk about, but it is a very depressing place. It's a very non-apostolic, non-Pentecostal. You know, a lot of you come from districts where you know you have 400 churches or 100 churches, or you think you're a small district because you have 50 churches. Well, this is even smaller than that. Um, but I just want you know, no matter where you find yourselves at, you can persevere if you would get a stronger relationship with God. And if you would expose yourself to the needs of your land, you will find purpose to live in the land you live in. Amen. And you can grow in your relationship with God and you can reach people. And so in name, I pray they have as We're gonna pray here before we head back to the hotel. I want us to have a moment of prayer for the door hangers that we just put out there. That if it's just a piece of paper, then that's all that is. But if it's prayer and anointing on that piece of paper, that God can quicken someone and then we hear a report that on the Sunday that they're having a special service here, that there are people that will come because they simply had an invitation on their door. Amen. okay? And because we prayed about the invitation too, we're just going to pray for this trip, that God's will be done, that God's going to help us. And uh, we're going to believe that God's going to do great things throughout this week. Um, when we get to the hotel, I'll give some instructions on the bus. But we do have to be very time conscious. That schedule—that's not like a nice idea we threw out there for time scheduling. Like, we need to try to abide by that, because like, if, if we don't, like, it, it's quite possible we're not gonna have dinner tomorrow night if we miss that schedule. There's a restaurant saying open an hour later for us to go where we're going. So this is. Hey I wanna bear, throw it So, you. so
1: let's just play some. It,
6: man.
1: And with that the day comes to a close It's uh, been a fun and Exciting day So much stuff has happened today uh, I mean you heard bits and pieces of it Woke up early Went on a flight And now I'm in South Dakota I am in the Fairfield Inn and in Suites I am actually rooming by myself, so that's fun, and, um, well, we are going to head off to Mount Rushmore in the morning. I I really do believe God's going to do great things, maybe even at Mount Rushmore, maybe even at Mount Rushmore, there's a place where someone will be reached, someone will be impacted, and things will be changed. God has big plans, people to connect to, lives to be reached, souls to be saved. And uh, we just never know what God's going to do. You'll stop
2: working on so that's all that's up there. There is a little time capsule up there. So they put copies of those documents I mentioned and why Mount Rushmore was built. So this thing weathers about one inch for every 10,000 years. So when we're not here anymore and another civilization comes along, they know exactly why those four random people carved up on the mountain. Now, lastly, in 1941, this place pretty much is down to its last couple of thousands of dollars. Oregon still wants the Hall of Records, the coats, the buttons, the hands. He still has big aspirations for this place. Well, he's on his way to D.C. to try to petition the government for more money. And on the road, he has a routine prostate surgery and dies due to a pre-complication. He has a blood clot, and he dies at the age of 73. So he never got to see what Mount Rushmore became. Um, But when he dies, kind of his dreams and ideas die with him. Now, even if he had gotten to D.C., he makes the best speech you folks have ever heard. Two months later, Pearl Harbor happens. we World War II, there's no money. for a sculpture out in South Dakota. And so his son Lincoln comes through, declares this place a finished project, does the, the last couple touches and closes up shop here. Now, we talked about Wartham had some crazy ideas, but I think he really did cement his legacy as the artist of what he wanted to do with his last big project. Um, what he was able to accomplish in 14 years during
3: the great depression the dust bowl was pretty incredible so but thank you guys so much for listening
5: so there is more than pizza there by the way and uh there's a salad bar there's uh, if you love chicken they got um, roasted chicken or whatever you call it lots of chicken <laughs> okay,
6: I'm gonna break. All right,
5: next stop,
6: Pizza Ranch.
5: Staple of South Dakota, um, so and also a great souvenir shop. But quick context: it's called Wall Drug. The name of this town is Wall. I don't know; it's like population two or three hundred. This town would not exist or thrive as it does without this tourist trap that is named after a drugstore and it basically this drugstore that was not having any business, they ended up putting a sign out off on the highways saying stop in for free ice water mm-hmm. and that it's sign for free hands. ice water has what's generated over the decades of this uh, place. Yep. Millions a year come to check out Waldron all because they offer free ice water. So there's an evangelistic sermon in there summer for y'all. Um, but here's what you can do one, there's great tourist shopping inside of there, there's lots of souvenirs. Two, if you like old fashioned cake donuts, it's like two bucks for a cake donut, but they're really good. If you like coffee, you can get coffee from the cafeteria for five cents. And if you want a free cup of ice water, you can get free ice water. Alright, but right now, is everyone listening? Yeah. Everyone it is one thirty-eight. We want to have wheels going at one or at two forty from here. So please start making your way back to the bus like at two thirty. If you need to set an alarm, right here, this is the very spot where he's dropping off, this is where we need to come back. Alright? So Be making your way back here at 1, or 2.30, okay?
4: Okay?
5: Groups of three, love you too.
1: In ministering, sometimes I forget. It isn't just about church services. It is about relationships with God and others. I need to be different. I can't live in a home. This trip isn't about getting all the answers, it's about living a life, entering danger, having friends, doing ministry. As Jaden said, it's all about serving. I pray God that you would help me to bind together with these people. Help me, give me the courage to dive in head first. to not go it alone, to serve others and love you.
7: What's your experience in church? You know, where were you raised? None, 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 none. Maybe Catholic, none, this, that, little bit, kind of. Do you think I'm going to be talking about the doctrine of the Trinity? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what the doctrine of the Trinity is. So I'm going to give you an alternate. If you're like we've talking about sales, you can't use this one method on everybody all the same. It, he was talking about, he and not have a lot to talk about in sales we talk about mirroring, okay for instance if I'm loud and boisterous as a salesperson you match what I am you get loud and boisterous I got a guy in my church he's been deaf all of his life he, now he's got a cochlear implant but he just has developed this in your face, you know when he talks to you he's like,
5: praise the lord brother
7: <laughs> And if you're uncomfortable and you shy away, that's that's kind of a judgment. That's kind of you rejecting him. Because your comfort zone is not personal space here. And and believe me, uh, you may not know it, but I'm an introvert. I am an introvert. I would love to stay at home by myself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just like that. I do not like people. Large groups, yeah. this this kind of thing's okay, but I, I I hate going to fairs. I hate going to crowds of thousands. Is this, anybody know what you're talking about? Is this, it's just, I just can't stand it. It's just <laughs> like I hate it. Well, you're a pastor. I mean, surely I have to. I have to force myself. What well, I'm saying all this is because you're going to sit there and say, "But yeah, I'm shy. So am I." But I force myself to do. Get outside my box, get outside my norm, get outside my personality, and and you'll know the difference. Actually, Romans chapter 12, those gifts in Romans chapter 12 are not gifts of the Spirit. That's who you are. They are gifts by the grace of God, not the Spirit gifts. So if you go through there and you want to find out who you are, I was just dealing this with a pastor this last weekend.
6: <coughs> He's a good number for me, but... My husband and I moved here from Nebraska in order to help my dad. I was working for probation at the time. And my dad's been trying to get me to get up here to do prison ministry for about three years before that. He's been whispering in my ear. And I'm glad that he did. I enjoy it so much. Um, Let me tell you, how many of you young people have been raised in church your whole life?
3: Amen.
6: I'm you. I've been raised home missions been raised my whole life and here's what prison ministry has done for me it has showed me the other side that this world has nothing for me It, it reiterates to me every day how grateful I am that I was raised in church and that I have known the presence of God since I was a young child and how precious that is that when people experience it for the first time how much it changes their life and all of the teachings that the Bible gives that we take for granted, I go and I teach and they go, Wow, man, if I would have known that my whole life, it would have changed me. Come on. One of the things that we talk about is the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is your conscience, and it's God talking to you, telling you, you did something wrong, it's time to change that. It's time to confess it, it's time to change it, it's time to do better. But shame sits with you and says, you're a terrible person. You are the problem. And the devil wants to beat you down and spit you out and keep you in a state of shame. that I can never overcome this. And when we begin to teach that lesson, that there's a difference. You should feel bad when you do something wrong. That's That's healthy. If you're not, we'll get you diagnosed. You're probably a (laughs) sociopath. And I know some of those, okay? So don't be that. It's a healthy thing. It's a healthy thing for you to feel bad. But you should live in that weighing over you the rest
2: of your life. And people in this world don't know that there is hope to not feel that.
1: Today, I was reminded of the call to win my world both in the large and in the small. In the teaching sessions, two pastors shared multiple ways of reaching others, Bible study and connection. That second word came up continually, connection. We were challenged to connect to people in our own lives, write them down and prepare to reach them. I felt certain names that I name in my journal that I'm not naming on this recording that's going publicly to the world, all of these guys are not unsaved, but they all need connection. They all need instruction. They all need a chance to grow. I also had my general way of living challenge. Pastor Benjamin, who I have uploaded a recording of in this journal, is an introvert like me, but he's an incredible connector. I need this to become conscious in the same way. I can be a conscious connector. I was prophesied over that I would reach many souls and maybe God wants me somewhere else, but maybe it's all for Kentucky. Guess we will see exactly where that all goes.
5: It's coming up, it's this corn Cornville, you see it's got like a, a massive garage, it's bigger than the home itself. That garage was not there when we um, moved there. And then the roof's different, and, you know, they basically turn it into like a duplex. You keep going up Terry and take a right at the street. So, you don't have to get out and take a picture or anything like that if you don't want to. But if, if for some reason you're interested, you can. But I just want you to get perspective and context. Right yeah, take a right and you can just, you know, kind of park on this side here. But you see those two basement windows there? That's where we lived. And, uh a little tiny space. The building was run down. We didn't have a bed. We slept on the floor when we got here. We didn't have any work for three months. Um, we basically had nothing. And then uh, after three months, I found work. I got two jobs. I worked two jobs for eight years. And uh, at year nine is when we got out of this building and when we go to the church that we're in now. And to just give you the story of it, um, we, we were. I was preaching during the winter of January, and during that message, a gift of faith came over me. I started prophesying to the wind, and there was. I don't. Know, we had 14 people at the time, uh, counting people that looked like they were pregnant. So we were by faith, believe uh, in attendance. So I mean, it was just low attendance is the ultimate point I'm saying. And um, I just started declaring that God was going to give us a building debt free. And I and I begin to speak about this building that was over there. We didn't have need for a building at the time because I mean we're 14 people in this building upstairs. And uh, I felt led to go out and pray for the building that we're going to go to. And it's a 1.3 million dollar building and property. And at that time, I think it was for sale for like 775, 775 thousand. And we didn't have any money, but. Uh, When we stepped outside for the altar call, we were in a full-fledged blizzard. It was below zero, wind chill, and all that fun stuff, and we drove up to the building. We got out of the vehicle, placed our hands on it, anointed the keyhole, and began to declare that God was going to give us that building debt-free. The church legitimately thought I lost my mind, Um, but I did just come out of a mental breakdown, and that's like literal. Because every time we build up the church, it would just crumble. Build up, crumble. People left for a variety of reasons. And I remember just saying to God on this one low point when we lost everybody in this church right here, and uh, we stood for doctrine, we stood stood for Jesus name baptism, we stood for oneness of God, we stood for you know Holy Ghost, just like the Bible teaches, and we stood for holiness. In this last segment of group that left this building here, they screamed at us and said, this church will never grow because of what you teach. And I fell on the floor and I was convulsing. I literally was shaking on the floor in front of my wife and I had spittle coming out of my mouth. I was having a nervous breakdown. And all I could say to God was, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And then God said, now I can trust you with revival. After we stood for truth, and it cost us something, God says, I can trust you now. And so that's when all this transpired, and uh, this building that we're going to go to, we had no money, but I walked in there like, you know, I was Mr. Moneybags, like I was DJ Hill, you know, and uh, I felt like I was six foot six. But anyways, I walked in there, and uh, I was like, ah, we'll give you $500,000. They're like, no. And I was like, Blast. So that didn't work out. Then I said, well, how about $500,000 and you get our building? They're like, no. Then I went back, and I said, okay, how about $400,000? They looked at me like I was stupid, and they said, no. Then I went back. I said, how about, how about $300,000 and we'll give you this building? So I kept at offering them less, which that's not how you're supposed to do it, I guess. <laughs> and then the last time I went up to them, I go, how about $250,000? And they said, okay. And so that was wild I go, well, we got to sell this first. And they said, no, we're not going to wait, now or never. And I go, I'll get back to you. So I called a prayer meeting, and we gathered in this building and began to pray. And at the end of that prayer meeting, someone called and said, we want to buy this property off of you. And uh, they, they offered us 110000 and they said, but here's the deal. We need you out of this building in three weeks. we got to start working on it for when college students come. And I was like, well hold on, I gotta go talk to this church over there, because they were renting their church in contract with someone else. And I asked them, how long is that contract good for? They said three weeks. So I'm like, okay, this is a God thing. The church's like, well, what do we do? We still need a hundred and you know, thirty-five thousand dollars. I was like, I don't know, God's gonna do it. And in three weeks time, a hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. came in. We walked into that building debt-free, never took out a loan, never been in debt. God miraculously provided. Woo! All I have to say this is you know, you can't try to make sense of everything. You gotta trust the voice of God if He tells you to go. And we had we had we came out here and I was working two jobs, we had no promise of money, no promise of income, no four oh one K, no nothing. And uh, we stayed faithful and God has been so kind and so good to us. So Terry's gonna drive us up to the church we're at now. We're
1: Night, Brother Brown called us to deeper consecration. Brother Hart told us, You don't have to be a thermometer, you can be a thermostat. By thermometer, meaning reflect the environment, by thermostat, meaning you can change the environment. We were asked the question, What do you want over the course of these three days we have left? I want a breakthrough, I want to pray someone through to the Holy Ghost. I want to see the sick healed. I want to lead someone to repentance. I want to baptize someone in Jesus' name. What can I cut out? I have deleted my Instagram app, Facebook, YouTube, games from my phone. I'm not even doing Wordle anymore for the rest of this trip. What can I add in? I'm committing myself to 30 minutes of prayer in the morning. I will read my full Bible reading plan for the day, and I will journal in the a.m., and this will be first. What changes when I go home? Exposure breeds a burden, is a quote of Jim Sleva. If I am to reach Sturgis like i need to i must be in it desiring deeper starts soon the men's bible study I'm wanting to start outreach needs to happen let's win our world friday morning june 30th 2023 This is me doing what I said I would do last night. I prayed 30 minutes. I read my Bible reading plan. Now I'm journaling. I dozed several times during reading, but I'm doing it. God, I want to please you. I'm going to try harder than ever before. This must be a consistent future thing. I'm sure it will be hard, but I desire deeper things. Yes, it is dangerous, but safe things rarely do what it takes to change the world. I read about Elisha today. His whole ministry was a risk. He was with soldiers. He went further than any of his peers did with his man of God. He went from riches to pouring water, but he got stuff done. Lord, I want that type of ministry. I will not play it safe.
5: More truth, and you're making less sacrifice. And when he made that statement, I promise you, God, he smote me, and I I went into a Holy Ghost frenzy. I mean, it was it was like a lightning bolt from heaven hit me, and I had convulsions all across that. I was knocking people over, and I'm not, I'm not a big figure whatsoever, but it was like a pinball machine just, I was, I don't know how many, uh, Landon Gore was there, and he told me about it, he went to pray for someone, and when he went to pray for them, I literally knocked them over, so he couldn't pray for them, and then I went, not, I, would, I, I have not had a moment like that in a long time, and God began to deal with me, and he basically told me, you are comfortable, and you are making less sacrifice with more truth, and I'm thinking, God, how do you get comfortable in South Dakota? But here's the truth. You and I can get comfortable anywhere. We can all get comfortable living a typical, average, mundane, predictable, Pentecostal life. And so God dealt with me to turn the work over to our associate pastor, Jared Kennes, who you met last night, who is now the pastor of the church. And... I, it, my mind is moving my friend told me this at some point delayed obedience becomes rebellion and so I decided I'm not going to delay we're just going to do it now I had no idea how this was going to turn out and so he became the pastor and I was, I was a man without a city other than I knew God told me you need to reach these communities all around South Dakota there's 66 counties and only 6 have an apostolic witness and so I began to just step out by faith and I shared with you today the story of this building you and I are in right now. It's an absolute, the other building we were in, Watertown, that was a miracle. But that miracle, it was 10 years before that thing came into fruition. But literally on the first day in this town after prayer walks, meeting the first person, God gave us a building for free. You got to trust
4: that if you would step outside of your comfort zone, if you would
5: step out into the unfamiliar and not lead to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. God will direct your path, but you cannot fear adversity. Adversity is your opportunity to exercise spiritual authority. If you ever want to step into the realm of spiritual authority, you got to be willing to go beyond fear and walk towards what appears to be adversity. But that adversity is your opportunity to engage apostolic authority. Oh, by the family of uh, Ted Huskett. The beginning, it was December 1931. Dorothy and I had just bought the only drugstore in a town called Wall on the edge of South Dakota Badlands. We'd been open a few days and business had been bad. I stood shivering on the wooden sidewalk in this little prairie town where there were only 326 people. 326 poor Most of them were farmers who had been wiped out either by the depression or drought. Christmas was coming, but there was no snow. No sparkling lights, just viciously cold air. Out on the prairie, the cold wind whipped up dust devils. I could see a tin lizzie chugging along the two-laner. Suitcases were strapped to the running boards. Someone's going home for the holidays. I thought to myself, I wish they would stop even just for a cup of coffee. But they didn't. Here on Main Street, no one was out. When I went back inside, I turned the light off over the soda fountain and joined Dorothy and our four-year-old son, Billy, in our apartment, which was a room we made by stretching a blanket across the back of the store. Did anyone go into that store while you were at Waldron? That was their apartment that they slept on the floor in. I had graduated pharmacy school in 1929 after two years of working with other druggists I knew that Dorothy and I had to find our own store. My father had just died, and he left me $3,000 legacy. I'd work with that. We were living in Canova, South Dakota, when we began our search, covering Nebraska and South Dakota in our Model T. As we searched, we were sure of two things. We wanted to be in a small town, and we wanted the town to have a Catholic church. In Canova, the nearest parish was 20 miles away. We wanted to be able to go to a mass every day. In Wall, where the drugstore was for sale, we found both a small town and a Catholic church. When we talked to the priest, the doctor, and the banker, they all told us that Wall was a good place with good people, and they wanted us to come live there. Dorothy and I were excited about Wall, but when we got back home, we told our families about the plan. We found them skeptical. That town is in the middle of nowhere, a cousin said. Furthermore, everybody said there is a group, all those people there are flat broke. My father-in-law was understanding, but even he said, you know, Wall is just about as God forsaken as you can get. The first few months went by and business didn't improve. I don't mind being poor, Dorothy said to me, but I wonder if we can use our talents to their fullest here in Wall." When Dorothy spoke of talents, my heart sank. My wife had a teaching degree, had taught literature at a Sioux Falls high school. Was I being fair making my wife work in this prairie drugstore? But the next minute, Dorothy said, we shouldn't get down, Ted. I'm sure we can use our abilities fully here. We can make this place work. Dorothy's optimism lifted me. I said to her, five years, Dorothy. That's what I think we should give to this tour. Five good years. If it doesn't work by then, we will. Don't worry about then, said Dorothy. We'll make it a go. And just think, Ted, pretty soon that monument and Mount Rushmore will be done. Then there will be an endless stream of people going by. I'm sure they'll visit us. We weren't starving, it's true, and we've begun to make good friends in the wall. Our pastor, John Cannoli, had become a tower of strength, helping us keep our faith strong. We worked hard to serve our neighbors well. Filling prescriptions for a sick child or an ailing farmer made me feel that I was doing something good. I also studied some veterinary medicine on my own so I could help out farmers when their stock were ill. But all of this didn't seem to be enough. I still spent too many hours looking out the store window for customers who never showed up. I felt I was wasting too much of my life watching people pass by. Maybe, as Dorothy's father said, wall was God forsaken. By the time the summer of 1936 came around, our business hadn't grown much at all. Our five-year trial would be up in December. What would we do then, along with our nine-year-old son? Dorothy and I now had a one-month-old daughter, Mary Elizabeth. What hardships was I putting them in store for? But on one hot Sunday in July, though a great change swept us short, it started quietly in the deadening heat of an early afternoon when Dorothy said to me, You don't need me here, Ted. I'm going to put Billy and the baby down for a nap and take one myself. I minded the empty store. I swatted the flies with rolled up newspapers. I stood at the door. And no matter where I looked, there was no shade. The sun was so high and so fierce. And an hour later, Dorothy came back. She said it was too hot to sleep, I asked. No, it wasn't the heat that kept me awake, Dorothy said. It was all the cars going by on Route 16. The jalopies just about shook the house to pieces. That's too bad, I said. No, because you know what, Ted? I think I finally saw how we can get all those travelers to come to our store. And how's that, I asked. Well now, what is it that those travelers really want after driving across that hot prairie? They're thirsty, they want water. Ice, cold water. We've got plenty of ice and water. Why don't we put up signs on the highway telling people to come here for free ice water? Listen, I haven't made up a good lines, some good lines for a sign. Get a soda, get a root beer turn next corner, just as near, to highways 16 and 14, free ice water, Waldra. Well it wasn't word worth, but I was willing to give it a try. During the next few days, a high school boy and I put together some signs. We modeled them after the old Burma shave highway signs. Each phrase of Dorothy's little poem went on a 12 by 36 inch board. We'd spaced the boards out so people could read them as they drove. The next weekend, the boy and I went out to the highway and put up our signs for Free ice water. I must admit that I felt somewhat silly doing it. But by the time I got back to the store, people already began showing up for their ice water. Dorothy was running all around to keep up with the traffic. I pitched in alongside her. Five glasses of ice water, please, a father called out. May I have a glass for Grandma, a boy asked. She's in the car. We ran through our supply of cracked ice. I began chiseling more off the block. Say, good sir, one traveler said in a Scottish uh, accent. We're going all the way to Yellowstone Park. Would you mind filling this jug with your water? Hey, this ice water, this free ice water is a great idea, said a salesman sliding up on a stool. How about you sell me some ice cream? For hours, we poured gallons of ice water, made ice cream cones, and gave highway directions. And the travelers started on their way again, refreshed and ready for a few uh, new adventures. They gave us hearty thanks. When the day was done, Dorothy and I were tired. We sat in front of the store, watching the sunset, feeling a cool breeze, come off the prairie. In the summer twilight, the wall looked radiant. It looked like a good place to call home. Well, Ted, Dorothy said to me, I guess the free ice water signs worked. Today... At Waldrug, the people of this family have never been lonely since then. That very next summer, they had to hire eight ladies to help them. Now the store is in the good hands of their family, Rick Husted. Waldrug draws up to 20,000 people on a good summer day. Free ice water. It brought the Husteds a long way and it taught them their greatest lesson And that there's absolutely no place on God's earth that's God's forsaken. No matter where you are, no matter where you live, you can succeed. Because wherever you are, you can reach out to other people with something that they need. I know I probably look like an idiot getting emotional reading this. But there's so many emotions in that story of how it felt coming to south dakota i literally can only tell you about two or three people that encouraged me about coming to south dakota everyone else said it was a god forsaken land the most common thing people told me don't you dare go there it is a graveyard for ministers it'll never amount to anything nothing's ever going to come of it how about you go here you can have a church there you can grow ministry there and those first five years were the most depressing years of my life. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm telling you, hard, hard moments and seasons. And we worked hard, we tried hard. And I know that some of you probably tried witnessing and outreach and, and maybe none of you have ever done it because of the fear of how hard you think it is. But I promise you this, that if you would simply find a need that no one is meeting in your community, you will never run out of work living for God. Yeah. You simply got to find something that no one else is doing. And I'm not going to go through all the outreaches and things that we've done in Watertown, but we simply begin to do things that no one else was doing. And I know there's, it's not just outreach, but I'm telling you, there's no one else praying in your community like you're praying. Right. And there's nobody else interceding in There is nobody in this town, I I can guarantee, though I've not lived here 150 years, but I guarantee there's never been this many people In this room, in this town, in this community, speaking in tongues, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. I believe that if you can get the revelation and understanding that you have something that people do not even know is made available. They're passing by your church just a few miles over. They're passing by your house or passing by your locker. and, And something as simple as just saying there's some free... Ice water. And you got something that's more precious. And I'm not trying to make some sort of cute little cliche, but we really do have rivers of living water that souls are thirsty and
1: longing for. Reflection on Friday of AYC South Dakota 2023. We started our day by going to an art museum in Watertown featuring the art of an artist named Terry Redlin, internationally acclaimed Watertown local. His art was incredible. I loved his wildlife photos. I would love to reflect them if I could. It could tell a story, spark patriotism, smiles, and even tears, but part of his story struck me more than some others his art career began he was not going to be an artist but an injury stopped him from being a conservationist so he found a new dream he began doing corporate art for ad campaigns and business proposals and finally in his 40s he started doing the art that he loved this is what stuck out just because one thing doesn't work doesn't mean all is lost you can find a new dream it reminds me of uh, Isaac Vyre's devotion that he shared with us about purpose. He said that no matter what you've done with your life, God can and will use it for his kingdom. After the art museum came our visit to Millbank, and we saw the miraculous building that God gave to the church free of charge. God truly is working in marvelous ways, and it isn't just for Watertown, Brookings, Millbank, and Webster. God has miracles for Sturgis, for Clay, Marion, Eddyville, Catawba, Morganfield, Providence, Dawson, and Salem. We did outreach and then went back to the church where we had a service of just our AYC crew. One reason why I am writing this journal on Saturday morning instead of Friday night is because I didn't realize that I was supposed to have my journal on hand because, uh, I didn't realize when we were going to wind up doing our journaling. So, uh, anyway, we'll get back to the notes here. Uh, We did outreach and went back to the church, just us. And God moved powerfully through music, worship, and intercession. We sang I Speak Jesus and declared the lyrics in faith. And Brother Brown shared a word with us, which you have just heard part of. He first spoke of the origin of Next Town Ministries and how it all came from a word from Brother Chris Green. And felt like there was, Brother Green felt like there was no way to reach in the midst of lockdown in 2020. Saw an ad for a tent revival. He went and saw a great revival amongst charismatics without full truth. He felt God say, they're doing more with less, but you're doing less with more. This struck Brother Brown led to the three works currently underway by next town ministries this statement still rings true god helped me to step up and finally told the story of Waldroke how a family with a dream found a need to feel and learned no place is god forsaken he appealed to us to regain a burden for our own churches reach our world god i must be on mission in that little place called Sturgis, kentucky Help me to regain that burden. In Jesus' name, Amen. Saturday, AYC Personal Devotion 7 1 2023. 2 Kings 9 1 13. Years ago, Brother Near preached about this message and this passage of scripture I don't even remember the title but I remember the altar call he said to me through a prophetic word it was never about a class it was about a box and a mountain to see if you would struggle now the weight you have felt has become anointing and here I am in a land of mountains because I gave up a class because I struggled I'm feeling some weight now Does anointing come next? I'm done with depression, inadequacy, and anger. I am chosen by God for a purpose.
6: I'm shy. I cannot speak because I don't fit in. I cannot speak because I'm anxious and I'm full of fear. But this week, I think, really has been um, the Lord saying to me, stop saying those things. Even if you feel those things, stop declaring those things over your life. So my insecurities are no longer going to be excuses for why God can't use me, but I'm going to walk and I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to see a change in my world, in my school,
0: in my town,
6: and I believe it's going to happen for every single one of you. So I think we all know we're called because we've heard that over and over again this week, but the question is, are we going to stop? Declaring um, over our lives that we cannot speak, or are we going to just say yes? All right. All
3: right. Okay, so. I had been saving up and I was working and stuff. And then, after a little work and stuff, it was a good get-around car. Um, and then later in the fall of 2022, I felt a call for Bible College and I was, um, confirmed that I was going to go to TBC. Um, so, that made me and my family a little worried about the commute because it was a very old car and, um, I broke down I was four hours away from home so that was a little scary for my parents to take on but we were gonna just try and get through it and see how long it could last with that car Um, but one Wednesday January 11th of 2023 I was fasting for something from God and I was coming home from work um, an eight hour shift and since I hadn't eaten all day I was a little bit tired and so two miles away from home I was driving by a ranch and I dozed off. I was driving on the other side of the road, realized what was happening and I woke up and then I ended up overcorrecting, and I steered uh, too much, I guess, into the direction I wanted to go and I ended up turning around facing the other direction. I rolled down into a ditch underneath the fence and I flipped. So I was on the side, my car was on the passenger side and I was in a moment of panic, I was very hysterical. Um, and I was standing on my passenger door, win- like the window, and I called my dad, I found my phone finally, and I called my dad, and I was like, I crashed. Isn't this, this crazy? Because you don't actually think about actually crashing until you actually crash. And so, um, I was calling on the phone with my dad and I thank god it had manual windows because I rolled it down I turned off my car and I rolled it down and I crawled out of the top like out of my window that's it's it was crazy um, and I hopped out and I went underneath the fence and there was a guy on the side of the road who pulled over um, and he gave me a water and then they sent my mom down to pick me up and then some of my neighbors came and we were gonna do it a real redneck win, and we were gonna <laughs> put chains on it, pull it over, and then drive it out. But somehow the sheriff got called, and then um, we ended up finding the police for it had to be made, and then we got to do a claim for, like an insurance claim, and somehow this $2,000 dinky, looks, literally looks like a toy car, I swear, um, <laughs> we got $1,800 for it from our insurance and so that plus some of the money that i had that i had saved um, was enough to make a down payment on a newer car so i ended up being able to put three thousand dollars down on a 2019 kia forte and there was it was a really good deal that was in in our budget because it had a high miles on it so i ended up being blessed with a pretty new car for the commute to bible college through a car accident, and so this is proof to me that what Romans eight twenty eight says that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And this is proof to me that no matter what you go through or what events happen, that God can use those things in a way to bless you.
0: So,
6: yeah.
0: That's, a, that's the spirit of total surrender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing I would tell myself is to build a prayer life. Oh, I thought I had a prayer life. And then I moved here and uh, started a church. And I realized, no, I don't have a prayer life. Okay. Not at all. Um, so practice different channels of praying. If you are you know into intercession or... Um, Praying in the spirit all the time. If you find that's your way of praying, that's great. But don't just pray that way all the time. Make yourself pray in English so you can hear yourself confessing and declaring things. Those are two different channels. Spirit and in English. Um, Find somebody that you admire in their prayer life and pray with them. That's a great way to learn how to pray. It's a great way to challenge yourself if you're a little bit shy. Of uh, praying out loud in front of people, that's a great way to get a prayer partner. Um, write out your prayers. I did this a lot when um, I was a new mom and not getting any sleep. And I'd go to pray, and my and literally my mind was blank. <laughs> like Lord, I really want to talk to you, but I can't even think because I haven't slept in three days. Um, I had prayers that I wrote out when I was functioning in my brain, and what I really wanted to say to God. And then I would just, when those moments would come, I'd just pull out those prayers and I would read through them. And that sounds so unspiritual, doesn't it? But it works. God knows my heart. God knows I wanted to talk to him. And those prayers were just as sincere as on the spot saying them. So um, that's a good channel, a way of um, just challenging yourself in prayer. Be intentional about your development for the year. Think uh, at the beginning of the year, think of what you want to happen in your life that year. And then write out some prayers to go along with that and pray through them every year. Um, and then just practice talking to God like he's your friend. So there are moments when you're like, you know, declaring things in the spirit and hollering and screaming and having some powerful prayer meetings. But then there's other moments where he, you're just talking to him like he's sitting next to you, he's your friend. And it's in those moments when you get used to hearing his voice and knowing his promptings. Right. And so you have to have, you cannot just have one little section of prayer and say you have a prayer life. You want to have as many channels of prayer open as possible. As many avenues of prayer open as possible. So that in any environment, you can connect with God and prayer. Um... One more thing, or two more. Sorry, find your weakness and fortify that area. Mm. Do not ignore your weaknesses right. because they will catch up with you. Um, find out right now. Do some digging. Ask God; He'll show you uh, what what is my weak areas. Where am are I vulnerable? And then do what you need to do to fortify those areas. Put some fences. Put some boundaries. Not necessarily it may not be sins. May not be you know. Um, other, your friends may not struggle with that, but you may, so put up some fences and some boundaries and fortify your weak areas. And then one more thing is learn to notice and appreciate the small things. We're always looking for the big, I don't know, big things, you know, big supernatural, miracles, signs and wonders, which I, I want those things, I'm looking for those things too. But I find that God works more in processes than he does in moments. Right. We're real big on like moments. This is the moment that changed my my, my life, you know. And, and we all have those, and those are good, but God's more into the process. So if you can submit yourself to a process rather than just a moment, there's, there's more that's gonna happen. So notice and appreciate the small things. I felt God say to me one time, that those who notice me in the small things will experience me in the big things. Yeah. And I found this to be true. Because just you just miss so much if you're just constantly looking for the big things. When you see God in every little thing, man, when a big thing happens, it, it's going to just blow your mind. Like, anyway, um, so that's all I have.
5: You ever like doubted, like man, it's like the same thing all the time. Am I the only one? You know, like a couple people, and you're like, man, is this real? Am I faking it? You know, or you just think about other people. You hear them say the same thing over and over. Like, now I could do that right now. I could, I could do the dialect. I could do the cadence. I could do. Oh, okay. So I'm not the only one, all right. So like, um, but this is something I noticed. This happened many times with people I worked with, that I disciple. They, they, they would have the same tongue for whatever duration of time. And what first happened in me, all of a sudden, I would break forth in a new tongue. And like the old dialect disappeared. The old tongue disappeared. And what God began to show me, because it happened numbers of times over the years. So like I got a different you know dialect now than it did you know back then. Um, and God has helped me to understand you have progressed into the next season. You have you have won and now you're moving forward. So don't make a doctrine on this and like go like post all over social media that you know pff, Mark Brown says this dog, you know. I'm just this is a personal observation. It is my opinion that people that stay on the same tongue are still in the same season. And they haven't won or they haven't graduated yet. Now that's not to discourage you if you've been in the same, you know. You've been doing Vietnamese for like, you know, 10 <laughs> years. But just, maybe just take, take note of that. Like, okay, what can I do to grow? And I'm telling you, I've seen this happen over and over again. And I've taught this to the church where all of a sudden some people have come to my wife and I say, Man, I started speaking new tongues. You know, now you don't have to overthink this every time you're praying. It will, it will just happen. Yeah. So I don't know how that clicked in my mind when you were talking about uh, the process. You know about getting prayer. Oh, where we were. We needed to move forward because we were in a new season, and I didn't premeditate like, okay, hope hope today. You know, I you know I don't know, but yeah. Um, I don't know what else I can answer your question. Do you need more answers? Okay, you got all the answers. Wonderful. Yes. What is the what's what the best way to like into the mission?
1: Saturday, AYC, Devo slash Reflection 7 one Tonight, Brother and Sister Brown did a Q&A session with us. The continual answer to almost every question was simple. Pray. Pray often. Pray daily. Pray in different ways. Pray at different times. Pray for people. Pray to praise. Pray for yourself. Pray as a conversation. They gave another continual answer and that was the word. Study it, read it, follow a plan. And then finally we heard continually, reach. Form relationships, start Bible studies, reach at work, join clubs and play basketball. And if someone tells you about an issue, that's your open door for prayer. I see Sunday morning prayer, 7 This is my last 6 a.m. alarm in South Dakota, my last full day in South Dakota. In many ways, this place doesn't feel very different from home, but in many ways it is. We don't have mountains in Kentucky, we have sweet tea in Kentucky, the barbecue is better in Kentucky, and we have more UPC churches in Kentucky. I mean, it's still America, it still features Walmart and Hobby Lobby, it still has deer in cornfields, and people still need Jesus. Honestly, those convicting words of Chris Green come to mind in regards to these South Dakota churches and pastors. They're doing more with less, and you're doing less with more. Those same words that Brother Brown was told about South Dakota applies to Crittenden County. Mama agreed. It's a hard place, but there's a need. I heard it on the bus. You're never really ready. Do it while you're still brave enough to make mistakes. I'm honestly not sure what all of this means, even conjunction, but God does. God knows exactly the reason for that conversation on the way to church. God knows the reason for that altar call that I had with Brother Fish. He knows the reason for mistakes that I've made. The prophecy from Brother Near. God knows the reason for every weight and every pressure. God uh, knows I've not done all that I could be doing. I'm not even halfway been doing some of these things. I've struggled with obedience. I've dealt poorly with many issues. And I don't want to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to always thinking and never doing. God knows uh, he's greater than my personality. He can and will break me out of default mode. I'm here to submit my entire life to God. I want to give God all my strengths and all my weaknesses. My time, my money, my appetite, my past, my present, my future... here to give it all to God over my love life, over my future career, my heart, my soul, my mind. God has open reign to check every part. I give it all to him. I'm really thankful for all that's happened thus far on this trip. I thank God that he's reawakened burdens. He's pulling me out of my comfort zone, showing me things that work, and giving me time with Brother Brown Brother Rostin Brother Benjamin the the heels and the hearts every friend every connection prayer and revelation he's revealed stuff inside of me I was unaware of dealing with and honestly uh, some personality type knowledge has helped but Jesus was the thing that pulled me out. God is greater than personality. I'm honestly not desiring social media right now. I want revival. So God, I'm submitted to your plan. That none should perish. That all should come to repentance. I'm ready to see souls saved. God has given me power through the Holy Ghost to be a witness. So I will be a witness. God, I pray there would be Revival fire from north to south, east to west, New York to California, from North Dakota to Texas. I pray that there would be revival in South Dakota, in Millbank, Perkins, Webster, Watertown, Pier, Rapid, and Sioux Falls. I pray there would be revival in Kentucky, Dawson, hillsley Madisonville, Eddyville, Merriam, Fredonia, Sturgis, Salem, Clay, Providence, Princeton, Lexington, Louisville, Ashland, Radcliffe, every other city in between. I pray that we're, there would be revival in all the states of each and every person that's been on this trip. Texas, Ohio, Tennessee, Louisiana, Connecticut, Georgia, Ohio, Missouri, West Virginia, Minnesota, Alabama, and Massachusetts, and any others I may have missed. I pray that there would be awesome church today at Sturgis Jesus' name, Pentecostal Church. I pray that Texas preaches the word powerfully. I pray new people would be there. That the place would be set ablaze with Holy Ghost fire. I'm ready, Jesus. Let's have church. In Jesus' name, amen. I didn't get any recordings of service on Sunday, but I did take notes on the sermons that were preached. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about those from my notes. Brother Hill uh, did our Sunday morning class preaching for moments 116. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He paralleled South Dakota and Rome. Talked about the government was different, the people were not desired, and people were asking, Why would you even go there? but a church was there. Paul was from Tarsus, the same place that's the Tarsus that Jonah ran to. In Jonah 2.4, he said that he was calling out of the belly of hell from the belly of that well because you're miserable when you're outside of God's call. Paul was in many ways Jonah's opposite. He left Tarsus to follow the call of God instead of going to Tarsus to flee the call of God. He was not ashamed of the gospel. Passionately against the church until Acts chapter 9 when he asked, Who are you, Lord? And he responded, I am Jesus, the one you persecute. Then a man named Ananias came in in Acts 9, 17, and 18. and Scales fell from Paul's eyes. Well, Saul's at the time. God wants to use Paul to establish what he had once attacked. The gospel came from a long resume of broken people. Paul desired to go to Rome, and honestly, I was starting to see the parallels even between South Dakota, Rome, and Sturgis. The church is being talked about worldwide. in uh, he, he, This, he's talking of Jesus' church. In Romans 15.23, Paul said that he had greatly desired for many years to come to this forgotten, uncared-for place that looked much different than the established apostolic church in Jerusalem. Paul got onto all the other churches that he sent letters to. But in Romans, he has a different tone because he's establishing truth in an unestablished place. He said, I'm not here to get on to you. I'm here to encourage you. This young church. Paul wanted to be there because he was unashamed of the gospel. But what is it that makes one strong churches decay? We have to stay in love with the good news of Jesus. We may be exhausted, but we must be unashamed. Decay comes in when we replace God's power with another power. Decay comes when we replace his power with, well, personality. And uh, this is where my... Obsession comes in the uh, personality typing obsession that I have. Uh, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, whether you're Enneagram, maybe 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, or 9, whether you're a D, I, S, or C, blue, green, red, or yellow, it doesn't matter. We need to focus on God's. improve. Uh, focus on God. We need to improve ourselves, but we need to focus on His power first and foremost. But to grow. We need people, people start to say. We need rich people. We need businessmen. We need all the et cetera that there may be. And Paul dealt with people. We can be good people with a Jesus feel, but not change anyone. Uh, If we focus on personality or people, we remove our focus on his power. Well, what if we have the right building, the right place, we have the best look, the best start, the best coffee, the best office? Well, No better than walmart or dollar store or whatever some some nice place that you can find everywhere it's more than place it's more than people it's more than personality we need the power of god and then we have programs they too can cause decay yes it's great to have life groups discipleships sunday school classes and it can help but the gospel is the true power the church in rome that paul loved needed improvement but paul's main focus was fix your eyes on jesus what established you will help endure and elevate any struggle, family, finance, career, sin, Jesus is the answer. And without that power, we will decay. Proverbs 23 23. And then we get to the main Sunday service where Brother Hart preached to us. He told a story about power outages, and oftentimes that there's just a limb laying on a power pole somewhere that has broken the connection to the source of power the plant might be fine but the connection has been severed the solution is to lift the burden so the power can be restored there's a difference in condemnation and conviction Satan condemns us and speaks doom, Jesus convicts us and speaks hope conviction is God drawing and condemnation is Satan driving away We need repentance, we need baptism, we need to receive the Holy Ghost. All we need for sin is to confess and repent. God can lift condemnation. Hebrews 11.31, the faith chapter, we hear about Rahab. And this is the hall of faith, the best of the best. You're hearing about Samuel and David, and they're barely mentioned. But Rahab gets full sentence. What did she do? She hid spies, but she was a harlot. We hear about her in Joshua chapter 2. She's a Canaanite. That's the where she's from. It's not her choice, but she's destined for annihilation. We hear that she's a harlot. That's her identity. It's a sinful lifestyle, and she is condemned. She's a liar. She acts in sin. She's imperfect and has hidden things. And the devil wants to use our shame against us. In spite of all this, Rahab took a step of faith. And maybe we should be disqualified, but God is giving us a chance. God has plans. Rahab saves these spies, her house, and makes it to the hall of faith. She goes from harlot to hero. Faith is like turning a car key. We may get in, we may not know how it works, but if we trust it, it will work and get us where we can go where we cannot go on our own regardless of our weights and our thoughts and our shame we can take a step toward god not only do we take a step but jesus takes a step toward us he came to earth to save us like imagine the garden of gethsemane praying amongst the olives Sorrowful even to death, Jesus took a step further and cried, Not my will, but thine be done. He was sweating blood because he was stressed. He prayed twice more. He was betrayed. Peter cuts off an ear. Jesus rebukes Peter and he says to Peter, Don't you realize I could call a legion of angels? I may look weak, but this is intentional. There's the trial, there's the crucifixion. Jesus takes our punishment. It's all worth it to him to save us. We are not asked to be good enough for God. Sunday night, AYC Journal, seven two twenty three. God Don't let me forget South Dakota, AYC, 2023. I flew in on Monday, met Daniel, Mahala, Isaac, and Gage, and Alyssa face-to-face. Then when we landed, we saw the beautiful scenery in Rapid City. We did outreach in the rain, and it was easy. That night, in journal time, I learned about intercession and praise. Tuesday, we saw Rushmore wall drug the badlands it was fun i made friends it was beautiful wednesday my brother benjamin and his daughter they impacted me deeply with a burden for souls thursday capital tour we prayed for the state saw the value of work relationships and saw watertown heard a convicting word on distractions friday outreach in millbank by food and another powerful Devo time Saturday we had a block party in Millbank. had fun reached people and that night Brother and Sister Brown answered mission questions stepped out of my comfort zone by singing in choir <laughs> finally Sunday service was incredible all the way from pre-service prayer to altar call the spirit moved mightily Brother Hill and Brother Hart preached awesome words from the lord i cannot leave this here i cannot stay the same lord don't let me stay the same this definitely won't be my last ayc let me let me remember the words that brother brown prayed every time he prayed for food <laughs> there is one god named jesus in jesus name so much for listening to this podcast which is a lot longer than our typical podcast that we put out uh I have every intention next week uh I will finally give you a rest from the AYC stuff after next week is over because next week uh we're gonna have some guests come back on the show that may seem a little bit familiar to you um I'll probably be throwing in little audio clips, such as the ones that have been in this episode, and, uh, we're just gonna be talking about the trip, going day by day, maybe talking about some of what's in their journals, because what you have heard is my journals that I kept throughout the week, and we all had these little brown journals, some more sticker-covered than others, some have signatures inside of them, and some don't. But everyone's supposed to be keeping these journals, and the guests that we had in the previous weeks uh, leading up to this, just giving their perspective on what they were looking forward to, we're going to hear final perspectives from them, uh, and probably have some audio clips from their perspective, etc., etc., and... We're just going to talk, we're going to rehash some things, and we're going to probably mention how much we miss each other. Uh, Some of them are going to be seeing each other in a couple weeks in AYC, and if I can find a way there, I may, but I I really don't think I'm going to be able to find a way there. Uh, But anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast, and join us next week as we talk about AYC, probably for the last time in 2023 uh leave us a like great review share the episode and we'll see you guys next time goodbye